Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Chocolate Bar. I'm Bree. And I'm Dee. And we are back again. Um, this is episode seven. Like every time I say the next successive episode, I just giggle to myself because I'm like, I can't believe we're still doing this. We are still doing this. We're actually we doing are. it. And I think we're, I like to think we're getting better at it. Uh. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do feel like every episode is better and there's, you know, less distractions and you don't hear, you know, my my kid coming in the house quite as much. So I feel like we're, you know, I feel like we're on the right track and I just you know, honestly want to give a shout out to our listeners and the folks that have been on our Instagram page, like just giving us love and, you know, the folks that have left us um, comments and ratings on iTunes. Like, I, you know, we really, really appreciate it, you know, and, and we hope that you are enjoying the content and that it's speaking to you. And again, if there is ever anything, you know, that you want to hear about, you know, drop us a line, slide in them DMs, but don't be sliding in with nothing crazy and let us know. Um, so of course, before we get started today, I need to, we need to catch up with each other, um, and catch you all up with us more so because we talk all the time. All the time. Um, so let's, let's go D let it, let us know what, what's been going on. Give us a tea. I'm still contemplating my vacation. I almost booked. <laughs> I was all set today to book a nice trip to Arizona. And then I read that two people in New Mexico have the plague. Oh, no, like ma'am. the human plague. And so that, that no, I love y'all in Arizona. Mm-mm. I really do. But Mm-mm. until they clear up that plague thing in New Mexico, because I don't, I, I don't trust yeah, that. Yeah, no, we don't do the spread. plague. So that we're still figuring that out. <laughs> okay, well, there you There's have that. it. Um, I am... As most of the people who real life or at least Instagram know me know, I've been babysitting ducks for a friend of mine. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They're so cute. They're so cute. So it's that's been what about this is my last day. I mm-hmm. fed them their last little corn meal, literally meal of canned corn <laughs> this morning at four o'clock in the morning. And now they have been returned to the responsibility of their owner but Mm -hmm, what i did mm -hmm. not know about ducks is that they are smart like dogs are Mm. i really didn't know that i thought they just ran around and quacked and right but they really are smart like dogs are so wow this has been an interesting little experiment i would do it again as long as they don't have to be in my house because Mm -hmm. i will say ducks are stinky they're oh they're absolutely adorable and they're wonderful well, you know, it was it was so funny. I showed um, John, I showed my husband a picture today of, of your uh, Instagram story, and I was like, "Yeah, she's like babysitting ducks." And he didn't believe me, so I showed him. He was like, "Wait a minute!" He was like, "Those are some bull ass grown ass ducks." I thought they were like little ducklets. I was like, "No, they're ducks." And he was like, "Those are ducks." I was like, "Yeah, bro, they're ducks." Like What's he just funny couldn't... is those are not even adults yet. Oh, they're, okay. They're I think. I want to say somewhere between 12 and 16 weeks. So they still have more growing to do, which I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Like he was completely blown away. He was like, (laughs) first of all, black people and ducks. He was like, second of all, I thought they were going to be tiny. And I was like, see, just, you know, you just never know. We are, when you live in Georgia, we are multifaceted for sure. Yeah. I, I, I just did not know that they were smart like dogs. Mm-hmm, I totally mm-hmm. thought that they would just, you know, 
I don't know, sit around and quack and then mm-hmm, sleep mm-hmm. and then maybe quack some more. But they have little personalities and they're a little bossy. They definitely now do the do the ducks have names? I I don't know. I don't yes, know how that named, I haven't asked you that. They're named Trump and Wiz. I cannot remember for the life of me which one is which. Uh, Wait, what? Let's repeat. Trump, Trump, as in Trump, who we don't want to talk about, and Wiz. Oh, and but Wiz I didn't is name in, them. Wait a minute, Wiz is in Khalifa. As in, yeah, or as in Wizard of Oz, Wiz. That is a very <laughs> random and interesting combination of names. Yeah, I will, Trump and Wiz. I will. You will have to do some investigative reporting to find out the origins of those yes, names because I, I, I feel like I need to know. I feel like I need to know too. I just realized when I said them that I really don't know where those came from. And I just took them at face value until right. they came out of my mouth. Wow. So, wow. But they're very smart. Uh, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it's hilarious that they got used to... I kind of expected them to just be like, okay, you're the food person, whatever person, just put the food down and get out. Mm-hmm. But they definitely got to the point where I noticed that they kind of quack rather I guess they're mellow when you first get there but then when they realized that I was I picked up the thing that their food goes in oh. it was like a quack storm and they would that is quack, amazing. Quack, quack. and I'd hear them you know they have wings they don't fly mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. I don't know I do don't ducks know. fly I feel okay. like this is some sort of have- ex- existential type of question i have been trying to figure this out for the longest time because i read something that said that they can't truly fly most ducks there's i think maybe two kinds of ducks that really can fly like Mm -hmm. actually fly Mm -hmm. but other ones can't so really they can they definitely beat their wings and i think they're capable of fluttering i guess you could say Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. coasting as necessary because their owner has definitely seen them jump off the patio and they didn't die because they're still here and they were just like quacking around in our courtyard hanging out. So. so, but like when people duck hunt, not that I am advocating that because I am not. Um, they definitely isn't fly it, away. Right. I thought they were, I feel like I've seen stuff where people are duck hunting and they're shooting them out of the sky. Uh, Is that not the case? I think, well, I think that some ducks fly. I just don't know that all of them do. And these I, are farm ducks. They're not wild ducks. Right. So it's possible that there are some kind of ducks that don't fly. That's what I'm going with. They definitely are aware that they have wings because when they get excited, I would hear them doing wing things for lack right. of better words, not necessarily right. flapping, but definitely expanding and contracting them when I was putting their food in the bowls. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I, they get excited. They get crunk about their food. They definitely, right. I definitely got cussed out in quack, as I oh. said, because I slept in, was it yesterday or Saturday? Oh. One of the two days I slept in. They'd gotten used to me showing up at about five thirty, six o'clock. Right, right. And I showed up at about nine, and I definitely Girl, got cut. I definitely got cussed out and quack. Wow. Because normally I would come in and they would just kind of look at me and be like, quack, quack. Hey, right. hey, girl, hey, and then right. get excited while I was in the kitchen preparing their food. Mm-hmm. But when I showed up late, I they showed up. Like, I turned the corner. They're like, quack, 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 like, bitch, quack, 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 like, bitch. Like, I was like, wait a minute. What wait are you thinking? What is you doing? Did I just get cussed out by a duck? Wow. wow. So that has been my adventure is I have been babysitting ducks. It's been hilarious. They have not been in my apartment. Like I said, first of all, I have two dogs. Both of them are terriers. One of them is a Labrador. Nature would have taken over and the ducks would be no longer. Now, they how did they here. react to the ducks? They've seen them. They have yet to encounter them close mm, enough to get mm-hmm. to them. They do. That's come, probably the, a good idea. Yeah, they bark at them through the door, kind of thing. Right. They, I know that they can smell duck on me when I come back mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. feeding them, and I've definitely gotten the full body sniff from right. 
Like, who you been? Who you been who, around? What is that? What is what that? Is going on? So I, they, I think they're curious, but I would not let, considering yeah. that they're both terriers and one is part yeah. lab. Yeah. I mm, That would not no. be a good look. No, I'm pretty sure. The only thing that gives me any hope is that one of them, the one that is part lab, actually is missing about 40% of his teeth. So, mm, okay, <laughs> so maybe okay. he wouldn't be able to completely murder a duck, but I'm not right. planning on finding out. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do so, that. So that has been my adventure. I did mm-hmm, some work mm-hmm. travel. And I got to see you. That's what actually happened. (laughs) I was going to wait until my little time. But listen, y'all. So I don't know if y'all realize this, but like we've known each other. And I put that in air quotes for uh, quite a few years, but had never met in person. And um, Dee was rolling through my town and I got a chance to go to the airport and see her face. And we had the best time like i don't think anyone would have realized it was our first time seeing each other in person definitely we cackled and kikied and selfied and like it's just it's so awesome to meet someone who is exactly how they are like exactly the same right the same online as offline and like it was like hooking up with an old friend i mean literally it was like there was there was not a beat miss so what you hear is exactly what those poor people in the airport got to yes exactly (laughs) right we forced some poor lady to take our um take our uh, picture i'm bad at this i don't know how to use the camera i felt so bad for her right she was a grandma she was like i don't really know how to do this i was like okay girl that's fine but can you take it the long way so you can get all of our (laughs) all of us in the picture girl we terrorized those grandmothers but it was fun and you know, Dee is super cute and fabulous and she looked amazing and we got to see each other in like for real clothes and not workout clothes and it was Miracle. Awesome. Yes. So I cannot wait till the next time we yes. get to like hang and, out for a we'll get to hang out for real like period a real of hangout. time. Yes, yes, yes. So that was literally one of the highlights of my week last week my um, best friend from california was also in town and i had a chance to spend some time with her so i mean i was having the best week ever seriously you had all the people i had all the people (laughs) it was amazing so all the people um are we so are you let's see did you finish up with kind of where you've been or what yeah i think okay i think you're the highlight so oh boy oh boy so y'all like there's been a lot of changes (laughs) (laughs) it has been a very um interesting couple of weeks um so i guess the biggest most glaring one is that i came to the decision a few weeks ago that i have officially retired from bodybuilding or at least competitive bodybuilding um most of you will remember that if you've listened to previous episodes that i was planning to do my first pro women's physique bodybuilding show in august and had been sort of working towards um, that and was in prep and for a variety of reasons that I will discuss on probably a later podcast episode or maybe write a blog post about it, I pulled the I, I pulled the plug on that. So, and then of course, um, because I am so dramatic, right after I did that, I uh, cut my locks and dyed them purple. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I guess one could say I'm having a bit of a midlife crisis, but I am happier 
now than I have been in quite some time. So again, we'll kind of get into the wherefores and whys at a later date. But um, yeah, that was pretty significant for me. And, uh, you know, work is work and, you know, just trying to wrangle my son to all of his summertime activities he's going to sleepaway camp in the in the next few weeks for the first time and i'm trying so hard not to freak out uh, mind you the boy is 13 it's not like he's a baby <laughs> but this will be the first time he's away from um his mom and dad without like a relative for an extended period of time it's a week-long sleepaway camp so i'm trying to mentally prepare myself for that um and just trying to sort of get back into the groove of just training to train and not you know sort of training for the next big thing and you know kind of getting my nutrition back on track i'm i'm uh you know working with the same coach and he's got me sort of doing a reverse diet which you know we'll again get into that later but it's basically just gradually sort of increasing your calories and decreasing the amount of cardio you've been doing like that you were doing in contest prep so i've been eating a lot and it's been fun (laughs) Um, but you know again I'm trying to you know kind of be a little bit reasonable so I don't you know gain you know um 60 pounds in in three weeks so um yeah a lot of changes a lot of things going on but you know all good stuff all good stuff so um I'm I'm happy about it so yeah so I guess we can dig right into what we are going to talk about um, this evening. And, you know, I I don't know, I guess we could say it's really about, you know, having a seat at the table. Um, I don't know how many of y'all have listened to Solange's op, um, new album, but it is amazing if you have not. Um, but along with that, you know, we, we I think a couple of weeks ago, we kind of threw it to our... Instagram um, family to let us know what they wanted to hear us talk about next. I think it was like People's Choice Saturday and we were feeling lazy. So we said, y'all let us know what we want to talk about. So I wanted to give a special shout out to Commando Core Fitness. Um, That's her Instagram handle. Her name's Sonia Price. And she is, as she puts it, a Pilates badass, founder of at Black Girl Pilates. Um, And she actually suggested the topic that we decided to choose for this evening, which was about um, why black women are not at the table for conferences, fitness expos, uh, major fitness events, retreats as experts. Um, and even though she sort of gave us kind of that basic episode or basic topic, as I was digging a little deeper into that, like all of these different things started, sort of started coming into play right after she had suggested that i read a blog post from um i am chrissy king if y'all don't know who that is on instagram she is bomb so make sure you look her up um chrissy with a c and she actually wrote a blog post about a very similar subject about you know the face of fitness and 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 why and how black women are missing from that so one of the things that she touched upon was that same thing about, you know, why we aren't necessarily, our voices aren't necessarily heard at these sort of, you know, event type of events. So shout out to you too, girl. Yeah. Um, Thanks guys. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about it. And I was, you know, 
I was telling D, like, um, since we, you know, talked about this earlier, I'm going to throw this to you first to open this up. Ooh. But, you know, I just wanted to kind of give that disclaimer again to everyone out there. These are just our opinions. And this may actually be the first time um, I've done one of these episodes where I literally do not know the answer to the question. Like, I have no idea. So this is really just about us unpacking this asking questions which may leave us with with more questions and you know maybe solutions i don't know so <laughs> i love let's get we, into it <laughs> i love that this time we really this i guess maybe to give some context to everybody who's listening we usually spend a fair amount of time not necessarily researching but thinking through sometimes researching sometimes just thinking through our own ideas and thoughts about these things and really I guess you could say investigating what's out there. Mm -hmm. I think this time, <laughs> and this gives context to exactly why these discussions matter, mm -hmm. is we did some research. We did. We Googled. Right. We looked around. I have some experience, so to speak, with these kinds of things. And guess what? There was nothing for us to talk about. Yo, not a damn thing. <laughs> that is not to say, and I'm saying this on the front end so we don't have to try to remember to say it later or keep disclaiming it later. That is not to say that there are no black women who are present in this space at all. Right. What we're saying is I can count, we watched what, four videos, maybe five today that yep. were about between two and five minutes each of these large scale women's empowerment, women's fitness mm -hmm. type events or get strong women type places where they're right. gathering experts in the field. We looked at runners conferences. We looked at mm -hmm. strength conferences. Mm -hmm. We looked at all their kinds of fitness conferences. And for the most part between those videos, the, there were maybe you might see a sprinkling of women of color. And when I say women of color, I mean of any color. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I I never realized how lacking in everyone it is, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. particularly obvious and could, for me because I'm black was like, <laughs> there were yeah. no there were almost no black women to speak of. It became, "Oh, look, I saw the back of someone's head." Right, right. And so, yes, there are maybe two or three women who are definitely out there in these spaces who are because they are at the top of their fields, they're considered I guess part of that circle or part of the group that is putting these events on but right. on a larger scale as far as the attendees as far as the experts who are invited to speak as far as the exhibitors at these things the sponsors right. Right. we are sorely lacking in so this is this is what really struck me so you know again once we kind of sort of settled upon this topic and i was just kind of you know on mother google doing you know looking around and you know i looked at one of so this is this was one of the major sort of organizations that is kind of the the sort of i don't know authoritative body of um you know fitness certifications personal training certifications etc cetera, etc cetera. i ain't naming no names because we're not gonna get too petty tonight um <laughs> but they do a very very large annual conference every summer i went through the content for the conference and looked at the list of presenters there were 225 presenters that were listed on the website. Out of that 225, there was one black man. 
there were mm. no black women. And when I tell you that I was literally, you could have bought me for a dollar, as my grandmother used to say, because I just could not understand sort of why that was because we're out there. I mean, if you, again, you know, looking at sort of the response we've gotten from the chocolate bar Instagram page and sort of, you know, giving visibility to all of these badass women that are doing things, I just couldn't, I just couldn't comprehend that, you know? And this is an organization that, you know, I have a lot of friends that, you know, that's who their personal training certification is through. That's who their, you know, group fitness class instructor certification is through. So, and they are women of color. So I know that, you know, the demographic is there, but it's like, why would not, again, the presenters or, you know, folks that are considered experts be there as well? So again, that was just, you know, all the more reason that we felt like this was a really important topic to 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 discuss. Huh. So when we were thinking about this, or at least when I was thinking about this, I can't speak <laughs> for you, but I tried to think of, I actually had an interesting conversation. As I mentioned, we were on work travel and I never thought I would talk about work on one of these, but I think this is actually worthy of the to- of the topic, especially mm-hmm. since it definitely directly links to this. I was having right. this conversation with my boss about, um, my training. She's my boss has actually become rather interested in what I do on a training side of things, probably because I'm always working on the hotel gym at four o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm, she's come mm-hmm. to kind of embrace that. And, um, she was asking me if I would ever consider, she knows that I've been thinking about various avenues for PhDs or additional master's degrees. And she asked me if I would ever be interested in doing um, a degree or a larger certification than a PT cert that would put me in contact with athletes, training athletes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of looked at her and I said, you know, that sounds like a brilliant idea. I don't have the ability to take the kind of time it would take for me to start all over again, because essentially, despite the fact that I was pre-med in college, it's been so long since I've touched a biology textbook or an Mm -hmm. anatomy and physiology textbook that for me to go back to get a degree in exercise science or kinesthesiology or anything along those lines to really take that side of the fitness game, so to speak, seriously, would require me to have the ability to start all over again. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about the rest of y'all out there, but I'm single and younger than 40. I don't know where the income is going to come from to pay for this rent and to keep these lights on if I'm in school. There are not enough grants and scholarships and student loans in the world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to do that. And so I said to her, I said, you know, as much as I would enjoy doing that, even as a side job, that can't be my full time. It is something that I love to do. And maybe if I were 15 years younger, or 10 years younger and I mm-hmm, either mm-hmm. A, had a spouse who had a bunch of money who could afford to keep my house up and running while I went back to school to start all over again right. or was independently wealthy or my dependently wealthy on my parents mm-hmm, <laughs> or some mm-hmm. other situation where it would That's require rare. hundreds of thousands of dollars for me to get into a, a personal trainer certification. Let me just say this. That is an easy thing to do at heart. Right. You don't, and now that doesn't mean you'll be a good personal trainer, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. a personal trainer certification, you buy the book online. You don't necessarily have to take classes. Although I think it helps to be able to take an in-person certification. 
Um, and then you then you take a test. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and there you go. Bam, you have a license. Right. If we're talking about actual strength and conditioning coaches, as in people who know what they're doing, <laughs> yeah. who really know the science behind what they're doing. That is, an, that is a completely different thing. Even the test, the general certification that you can do online is a completely different thing than actually going back to school to really take it seriously and learn the business and learn the programming and learn the science behind what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's just not something that is even feasible right now. Right. I don't have the means to make fitness my full-time job. It might be something I can do part-time. I could mm-hmm. probably coach part-time realistically if I had the uh, strength and conditioning coach certification. I could, I could probably coach you know, beginning athletes, but I don't even know that I'm developed enough as an athlete to feel confident in coaching right. other athletes. Right. And I wonder if that is part of the reason that you don't see that many of us is that a lot of us, when you think about the way our parents raise us, Mm-hmm. especially those of us, I will say, who are from the Caribbean. Our parents raised doctors, lawyers, nurses, engineers, <laughs> engineers. That's it. Attorneys. That's it. <laughs> those are the only suitable <laughs> occupations. There are no other jobs. They don't right. exist. I'm sorry. You will, you know, you have to fight hard for that creativity. My father is from the islands. I was very lucky in that he was in a creative field, but he got into a creative field and he still ended up in the military <laughs> doing right. that creative field. Right. So there's no, there's not a lot of flexibility yeah. out here in these Caribbean streets. <laughs> I mean, I, I think every, you know, every, at least, well, I won't say every, but a lot of, you know, um, black folk, black women, whatever coming up, you know, sort of, you know, got that speech from their parents, you know, you go to school, you do well, you know, you get that good government job. That's what you do. That is the expected path, you know, and for some of us who were, you know, maybe in a sort of different socioeconomic status, whatever, like you said, it was, you become a doctor, a lawyer, um, you know, an engineer, you know, nurse, whatever, teacher even, but, you know, that was pretty much it. I mean, I can literally remember when I, um, you know, told my mom that I was sort of transitioning out of being a practicing attorney. And I mean, when I tell you that I was a full ass grown ass woman in my (laughs) 30s and I was scared shitless to tell them that um, it's true. You know, I was like, Lord have mercy, you know, and I mean, they took it in stride. They didn't quite get what I wanted to do but they were fine with it but you know that's real like you just don't there there was no space for you know in a lot of in a lot of black families for entrepreneurship or you know sort of creative fields and things like that so yeah I mean I definitely get where you're coming from with that and I think a lot of us I know I don't have family that if my life blows up (laughs) right there's no home I can move back into without a job Right. immediate income. I mm-hmm. might be able to go home go home and go live with my grandmother in Brooklyn. I might be able to do that. But guess what? I better be able to pay that mortgage or that okay. rent from day okay. one. Exactly. So, oh no, grandma, I'm making some money, but you know, mm-mm. get out of my house, child. Get out of my house. Quickly be getting the side eye. <laughs> right, and then getting the boot in the butt to get mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So I think for some of us, even those of us who really would want to do the fitness thing, a lot of us, by the time we realized it, we can't afford or don't have the room in our lives to backtrack 
right and become quote unquote experts whereas right. a lot of these people i think even if they didn't start out in their early 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 years in their early mm-hmm. 20s i think they might have come to it mid 20s where i at, at 25 i probably could have messed around and tried to figure out the fitness thing right and i think you gain some traction when especially now with social media being what it is that's the other thing i know for us this wasn't a thing. There were right. no podcasts. There were right. no, there was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. There was no Snapchat. You couldn't mm-hmm. become Insta famous. Right. You couldn't become a big deal in fitness because of what Instagram says. Right. You had to work for it. Yeah. <laughs> you had to work for it. You had to go out and hustle for clients. And no, those clients for the most part weren't online. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. were clients That's that you had to true. go and actually go to a gym or go out in the street and hand out business cards. It reminds me of what a lot of my friends who were hairstylists who after college, you know, they got a business degree and then became hairstylists. Right. Back in the day, the only way they could advertise was on their clients' heads and going out and walking up to people and saying hi. Right. <laughs> And that makes for a very different type of business than what we have now. But I think sometimes for those of us, especially black women, regardless of whether we were lower middle class, upper middle class, and middle class, somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our parents did not raise us to think about these alternative careers. Right. I think we were raised to think about the jobs that obviously made us money and mm-hmm. that would keep us at a solid middle class income as opposed to struggle bussing our way because right. I will say I have friends who do fitness I do I have quite a few who do fitness as a job and everything for the most part all of them have one thing in common either A they have someone in their household who makes a lot of money mm-hmm. who can help support them or B they had the ability to struggle and the room to struggle because they had some somewhere to fall back on. Right. Very right. few of them just went and did fitness full time without the ability to say, okay, if this all falls apart, I can go home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you have these, these values that you're raised with where your parents kind of teach you to get that middle class income immediately, Right. <laughs> you right. know, it's not, I know I was raised where there was a set, there was a figure, I won't say what it is, that my mother threw on the table. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she said, if you're not making this number by the time you're about 30, you are failing at life. Oh, pressure. And my mom wasn't even alive to see me hit 30. Right. <laughs> but you right. best believe I hit that figure by 30. <laughs> right, 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 right. And yeah. I think there's some of that at work too. We don't think about these careers and then right. we're in it's something usually that a lot of us transition to later we find right, a passion exactly. and then we come to it later and it happens mm-hmm. to be something that either a we're forced into i do know some people because they lost their real jobs like their regular day-to-day nine to five they had to pick up something immediately and that's what they did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i think a lot of us come to it later and so because we weren't at the table from day one with those that group of women because i do feel like there's a I don't want to call it a large group of women. Um, I'll say a visible, small to medium-sized group of women. They're very visible in the strength and conditioning for women. Mm-hmm. I think because they don't, quote-unquote, see us, because a lot of us are right. doing this as a side job, or a lot of us are doing this as a passion, not necessarily a career. Right. It right. is treated a little bit differently. This is true. 
So I think that's some of that work. I'm talking too much. So you say something right now. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, (laughs) you know, and so here's the thing. Okay. So, you know, you, you, I, I think like you said, you know, you sort of have that, you know, lack of, you know, folks who are actually entering the industry. Right. Um, so you have that, right. So, but I think, Again, looking at, you know, sort of the response to our Instagram, the response to our podcast, and just even me just kind of doing research and, you know, sort of seeking out folks, um, you know, on on social media or what have you, we're out there, right? Yeah. So there are those of us who have either decided to, you know, make this a side hustle or make their side hustle sort of their full-time hustle. So then the question begs, for those people that are out there, you know, why are they not visible at these events and at these sort of, you know, conversations? You know, wh- why is it that, you know, sort of people just don't know about them? Is it that they're just sort of making a, dis- a, a concerted effort not to include them? Is it that those people, you know, are, are not sort of going out of their way to market themselves in that way. I mean, I don't, and like I said, you know, at the very beginning of this podcast, these are not questions that I have the answers to, (laughs) but I just, I find it very interesting. Like I said, you know, when we were looking and I was looking earlier and I'm looking at a lot of these, you know, conferences and I'm like, okay, well, so everyone sort of looks the same, which is fine, you know, but I think it's pretty clear that, you know, folks tend to resonate with, you know, folks that they feel some sort of similar connection to, right? You know, and I even said to you earlier, you know, I said, you know, honestly, I really haven't paid too much attention to a lot of these conferences and, you know, conventions and events, you know, that I could have potentially gone to for networking purposes, because I never really thought they were for me because I never saw anyone who looked like me. I mean, Mm -hmm. plain and simple, you know, so if I'm thinking that I know that there are a lot of other folks that are out there thinking that, um, you know, and I just, I'm just curious as to, you know, sort of where that disconnect is, is it that, you know, the folks that are putting these, you know, um, events on feel like, you know, don't think, you know, black women exist in these spaces, you know, is it that they, you know, know that we exist in these spaces, but just aren't really making that effort to extend themselves to us. you know, or, you know, I don't know, you know, it's really interesting, because this brings up a really interesting point. Um, You know, I was having a conversation not too long ago about with someone who was actually um, planning one of these types of events, sort of women's empowerment and strength. And, you know, we, you know, and she's white. And, you know, we, I think we have a, a, a pretty, you know, sort of straightforward relationship. Um, You know, and I definitely consider her a friend. And so when as the as the event started to sort of take form and take shape, you know, and I was taking a look at kind of what the lineup was and trying to figure out if I was going to be able to make it anyway, you know, to the event, you know, I hit her up and I said, yo, what? So you got this event going on and you couldn't find one woman of color? (laughs) Sis. Like, I mean, I was literally like, I'm going to need you to do better, you know? And, 
you know, it's interesting because, and this is one of the reasons that I love her, you know, sort of, instead of sort of getting defensive and, you know, this, that, and the other, she was kind of like, you know, I, I honestly didn't really think of what you're saying, but it makes a lot of sense. And I didn't really know sort of of anyone that, you know, would kind of fit the bill. And I mean, I was able to rattle off three or four names, you know, off the top of my head, like, yo, did you check with so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so? Now, of course, you know, putting on these types of events, there's a lot of other intricacies that come into play. Like, you know, they're not necessarily free and, you know, folks aren't always going to donate their time and, you know, a lot of things. But, you know, again, the fact that she didn't think about that and didn't have to think about that, you know, I think is very mm -hmm. telling of what the fitness industry looks like and, and sort of, you know, being sort of the standard and mainstream in that industry and the privilege that comes along with that girl. I said the P word, Woo! but you know what I'm saying? So I think, um, for some folks, it may be that like they honestly just didn't really give it a thought, you know, and, and for other folks, maybe they did. And they just feel like, it, you know, that so market that isn't profitable, isn't profitable or it's not important. I don't really know, you know, but I do. I do wonder about that, you know. I, um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I often think that because like you were saying, you hadn't paid that much attention to the conferences because they didn't feel like they were for you. I come from a slightly different op from a different angle and it's when I think about it it says a lot too I knew a lot I actually am in several kind of Facebook groups and other you know website type groups mm -hmm. and message board mm -hmm. type situations yeah. with the women who are deeply involved in these either from a leadership perspective or mm -hmm. as speakers or what have you and I was well aware of a lot of these conferences and I look at them and I say you know I would feel massively uncomfortable in this environment. Right. Not because it's not for me, because you know what? Anything I want to go to is for me. I mean, mm -hmm. shoot, if I want to go to a, to go, go, if I want to go to a room full of white women, I grew up in a room full of white women. I do that all the time. It's what right. I do. That's right. not the issue here. Mm -hmm. What the issue is, is that when you look and you say, okay, am I even wanted here? Am I exactly. necessary? Are you interested in my hearing what I have to say and what my experiences are? Because whether we like it or not, there are some differences there. We, yep. there I'm not saying that we're aliens. I'm not saying that black women are completely different from white women because I don't want to hear that. I know people, I know that that's what people latch onto when we have these converse, kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that we are aliens and you are another kind of alien. What we are saying right. is that there are concerns and things that exist for black women or women of color in general mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that are culturally different. Because even if you talk to Asian women who are who grew up in traditional Asian families, I can think of my best friend, her family, right. when she started teaching on the side, she teaches fitness classes on the side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Her parents were like, what are you doing? Right. You're an attorney. Go back to work. Why are you right. spending 20 hours a week teaching these fitness classes when you're supposed to be working? Right. <laughs> and so, of course, there are things that are cultural that we will that we would address in general mm -hmm. that are just different. Right. And when I look at these conferences, well, not only are you not acknowledging that there are women of color, but it almost feels like you're not interested in anything we have to say. Exactly. It's, it's I'm in the group and I see the same dynamic in these groups that I'm in where there's never a, when you look at the group dynamic, mm -hmm. often 
I see it where a black woman will come in. A black woman with just as much experience as everybody else. We're not always talking about people with PhDs and master's degrees. I'm talking about people who have just been doing this fitness thing either as a lifter, as an athlete, as a bodybuilder, whatever. We'll come in and say, oh, well, the experience I had with this is blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But until someone who looks just like the person who asked the original question validates the thought process of that of that black woman, mm-hmm. that black woman's opinion doesn't matter. Right. That doesn't happen all the time. I totally am in some groups where if I give an answer to someone who is not the same quote unquote color I am, mm-hmm. they're all over. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have your perspective. I'm not right. saying that that's not everyone. What I am saying though is that there are times where very clearly it seems that people want to see and hear from people who look like them. Whether right. that is good or bad is not for me to judge. Right. That but I mean, and isn't that the same thing that we're saying, though, too? Yeah. You know, like in terms of, you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's like if that's the case and you want to communicate this message and you're sort of trying to figure out the best way to do that, then, you know, maybe look at, at, at getting someone who, you know, can sort of relate to and will resonate with that particular part of your demographic right um you know but i like i said i just think you know a lot of times these are issues that we as black women have to think about we have no choice right but you know other folks you know white women whatever it's just not stuff they have to think about right you know if if i want to go out there and do research or i want to you know be a part of a certain thing then i have to sort of avail myself to whatever that mainstream standard for that thing is you know whether it's powerlifting or you know bodybuilding or whatever you know i have to avail myself to that the opposite isn't necessarily true you know the 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 sort of kind of you know mainstream or majority doesn't necessarily have to bother kind of looking at some of those issues that might be particular to demographics that are different than theirs Mm -hmm. and again whether that's good bad or otherwise or and that's your choice i mean i'm not saying that you know i'm i'm never going to be one who is going to go out of my way to go somewhere where i'm not welcome i'm just not going to do that to prove a point or for the culture or whatever you want to call it. That's just not how <laughs> I roll. I don't have time. I don't have the, you know, I don't have the mental, spiritual energy to do that. And that's fine, you know, but I just think that it's something to look at, you know, instead of, you know, and, and what happens a lot of the time, you know, what I've noticed is that when this issue does come up, you know, it's either one of two things. It's either the, well, you know, I don't really, ugh, girl, the, 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 oh, I'm so tired. The sort of quintessential, I don't see color, you know, which is problematic. And we'll talk about that in a second. Or, you know, that, that, that person or whomever sort of goes to that fail safe. Well, what about so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so? okay, you've literally just named three people over the last 50 years that have been involved in fitness, like, which is fine, but there are more of us out there, you know? So just because there's three folks that you can name, three black women that you can name, you know, in fitness doesn't necessarily mean that it's a diverse space, right? And it's always the same three, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, you know, and in terms of the, I don't see color, 
like I don't think a lot of people understand that that is an incredibly um that is an incredibly sort of diminishing thing to say I I, I I get where the place maybe where it's coming from but I don't know that a lot of people understand that when you tell me you don't see my color you are telling me that you don't, you don't see, see a me. very integral part of who I am like how me. can you not you know that's not like that's that that's not what equality or that's not what you know sort of being inclusive is about being inclusive is celebrating what those differences are not you know just sort of negating them completely you know and i think that often is where a lot of that disconnect comes in and like i said you know i have conversations with um you know the girlfriend of mine i was telling you about who's in you know sort of this fitness space about that all the time and you know i explain to her like when you say that to me it just lets me know that you don't see me for who I really am you know right. and I think it took a minute but she was finally like you know what I completely get what you're saying you know so that's often what we're met with when we do bring this conversation up and the thing is this like I know the market is out there you of know course it, I, is. it is I mean I we wouldn't I know be here you have too <laughs> right I've gotten so many messages, DMs, whatever, just, you know, and even on the page saying, thank you for doing this, you know, so it's not that we're not interested. It's not that we're not, you know, wanting to be strong and, 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 you know, sort of travel these same journeys to self-empowerment that a lot of other women are. It's just that our journey looks a little different. And, you know, if, if folks are open to recognizing that, I think that, you know, it, it, it would just be a better sort of inclusive environment for everyone. I wholeheartedly agree. If if you want to even put it in a way that people, we can put it outside of race. I think right. of, um, what's her name? Jessamine Stanley, the yoga teacher. Yes. Yes. I love her. And she makes the best point because I distinctly remember wanting to take yoga for a really long time back when I was like 250 pounds of mm -hmm. thick mm -hmm. and healthy or maybe not so healthy because I had a thyroid problem mm -hmm. deep right. and there were only maybe two studios that I ever went to where I was not stared at or otherwise condescended to right? because of my size it would have been life changing for me at that point in my journey to walk into a studio mm-hmm and see Jessamine Stanley standing in yep. front of me. Yep. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> that would have been life-changing. Now, in life-changing to the extent that I don't know that I'd be sitting here make, doing this podcast right now because I might not have ever made it all the way over to the strength training side of things. Right. I might have. But at that point in my journey, my doctor's orders were, you need to be focusing on gentle exercise like yoga right. and Pilates. And it would have changed my entire life. I came back to strength training primarily because it was the only place I could find fat women right, right. <laughs> who weren't consistently being pushed out the door or treated right. less than. It was the only sport that I saw, okay, you can still be 200 pounds or 250 or 300 pounds and still do this sport. Right. And so if you take it outside of even the idea of race, People want to see something that looks like them. People want to feel welcomed. If you go into a yoga studio and everybody in the yoga studio is thin mm -hmm. and white, mm -hmm. if you're fat and black, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be there because right. you already feel out of place. 
No right. one wants to feel like the stick, like they're sticking out of right. like, like a sore thumb. Right. No one. And does. not, and not even to mention, you know, aside from from you know, just like you said, sort of being you know black or whatever. You know, a lot of times when you go into you know. Um, yoga classes and again sort of the demographic looks like one thing you know there may be some teachers who don't take the time to show modifications because not everybody every type of body can get into every type of asana or posture right you know so there's that part of it too you know and it's it's funny that you mentioned that because um, when I tell you, you know, I had started looking into Bikram and, you know, kind of was looking around or whatever. And, you know, the day that I walked into the local studio, you know, in, in my um, area and I saw that the owner was a black woman. When I tell you, I almost fell crying at her feet, you know, because I was already just a little apprehensive because I'd, I'd done some different other different types of yoga but I hadn't done Bikram yet and I was you know just feeling a little anxious about it I was immediately at ease I was immediately like you know what whatever happens in this class happens I know she got me and she gave me that energy we didn't Mm -hmm. even have to exchange words she was like sis I got you you know and just having that ability to have that comfort especially for someone who you know number one may not you know may be new to exercise in general or may not have sort of that level of self-confidence to just go into any space and be like yo i'm a you know i'm gonna just do what i need to do having that comfort level is is invaluable and like you said it can make the difference between someone finding something that they love and making it a passion and someone going one time and never going again yep it, it same, changes things. Same completely. thing when I walked into CrossFit for the first time. You know, I, you know, walked into the CrossFit box. I'd done a little bit of research and I walked in and, you know, the owner of the box that I still go to fairly regularly, you know, is a black man. And, you know, but aside from that, looking at all of the folks that were in there, there were folks in there of every shade every color and every body type you know it wasn't this sort of prototypical crossfit body you know type of box and i mean i was in decent shape but still you know that can definitely be intimidating so you know i do think it's really important to you know have those spaces and whether it's we you know us creating those spaces for ourselves or you know other folks sort of being mindful of that and and you know making those spaces reflective of everyone who might be interested in it you know it it, i think it's important you know and it's just i i see it happening a little bit more now um in in some spaces but definitely not as much as it should be and again it's not that we're not interested it's not that we're not you know sort of wanting to you know have the same goals as other people in terms of you know health and fitness and you know being functional and having more energy and etc etc but you know if all of the images that you see are something that are the direct antithesis of who you are Mm -hmm. it gets tiring and intimidating it's really tiring and intimidating and you start feeling like you know what i'm never going to you know sort of achieve that specific standard of what's supposed to be you know whatever beautiful healthy or fit you're gonna give up at the bare minimum you're not gonna get started in the first place at exactly the bare minimum. 
And the thing that I think about is, to kind of spin off of what you were saying, on the other side of things, I sometimes wonder if people assume that, and I'm keeping this to black women only because I don't want to speak for Latinas and I don't want to speak for Asian women. Right, you can only speak to your experience. I can only speak to my experience and the little bit I hear from my best friend who is Korean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I know for us, being black women, what what we look like, our baseline fit does not look like what fit is portrayed as right. in the fitness industry fairly often. Mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. I still spent a lot of time fighting to prove that I am fit because mm-hmm, no, I mm-hmm. do not walk around skinny. I will never be skinny, period, mm-hmm, period. Even right. at my leanest, I am not skinny. I right. don't maintain lean particularly well. <laughs> like, I right. get to a certain point and my body's like, Heffa, please, no. And that's that. <laughs> and it becomes an, it becomes a health issue for me. So, yeah, I'm at a healthy weight. And my doctor is fine with where I am. But I may not look like the quote-unquote fitness industry. And I mm-hmm. often wonder mm-hmm. if because a lot of the women who are, are representative of black women aren't all walking around super lean and quote-unquote toned, I hate that word, with every ounce right. of my being. Right. But we don't all walk around looking like the prototype that is put mm-hmm. forth as what fitness looks like. And I don't care if you're talking about black people or green people. When I look right. at fitness magazines, when they show black women, they're all fitness model thin. You have mm-hmm. the light bit of slightly capped delts, a little bit of bicep, mm-hmm. a little maybe a mm-hmm. tricep if you're lucky. You know, very small right. size. And I mean... And, Let's not even get into, and this is a whole other episode, but let's not even get into when they do, like you were saying, when, you know, black women slash fitness images are shown, let's not even get into the whole colorism thing. Right. Right. So if you are a lot of times when you look in magazines in different places and you see, you know, quote unquote, black women or whatever women of color, she's usually biracial or she's very, very, very light-skinned. Like you said, you know, on the thinner side, you know, sort of with, you know, kind of straight hair or curly hair, light eye, like we know, we know what's up, you know? So again, it's, it's, it's about showing that one specific, you know, facet. And not that that doesn't mean fit. I mean, it does, but there are so many other faces to fitness that are out there that we're not seeing, you know, so many women I've had. And I think maybe this is the only thing that makes me happy that I'm almost never as lean as I like to be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) is that it opens doors to other women who are curious, right? Who wouldn't say something to someone who is super lean with big hulking cap delts and big, you know have lines in in their quads and Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. look really normal i look frighteningly normal like Mm -hmm, i am mm -hmm. completely in a normal and if you put me in a group of normal women like as in normal everyday women who just go to work come home feed their kids whatever walk their dogs what have you no one is going to look at me and be like that one right there is the athlete no right Right. no one <laughs> that's why I always say on here like I think I said it on the last episode I'm fatter in real life I promise I look like a regular ass person <laughs> she's not y'all but whatever I'm gonna let her have that one so anyway. it's but it is the only thing the fact that I don't look like anybody's fitness anything mm-hmm, no one is mm-hmm. picking me out of a lineup as anybody's fitness anything I'm 
about 15, 20 pounds from the weight where people start thinking I work out. So Mm -hmm. that opens doors for women who really are afraid to approach. Right. um, Right. Anyone or kind Mm -hmm. of ask the basic level questions of, well, if I wanted to power lift or if I wanted to lift weights, how do I start? They might not ask somebody who's all stacked and lean. Right. Because they're scared of them. Right. Right. (laughs) I notice that the black woman in my gym, and yes, I'm at a globo gym, so to speak. Mm -hmm. The person that they are most likely to sign up with as a trainer is one of two people. A, the frighteningly attractive Latino man, because he is fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I support that. I support it fine for no Mm -hmm. reason just fine right and then this black female trainer who isn't and i mean i'm saying this from me having seen her actually train who doesn't train all that seriously she's got a cute shape she doesn't lift anything heavy she's not really out here trying to be athletic but she's unintimidating right Right. she's super unintimidating super normal looking and again those are people that because i may not look like what fitness is supposed to look like that in and of itself may take me away from the conversation if the people who are creating the conversation or quote unquote building the table that I'm trying to get the invitation to, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. if those people look at me and they don't see athlete, they don't see lifter, they don't see lean, if that's what they're looking for to be the signal <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. invite me to the table, then I'm clearly never coming to the table because <laughs> right. I'm never going to meet that standard that they're looking right. for. Right. And I have a friend who shall remain nameless, mm-hmm. who really only got into fitness maybe hmm, six months to a year ago. Mm-hmm. And she currently has more credibility as a lifter than I do, only because she walks around, she's capable genetically of walking around stupidly lean all the time. Right. I have 14 years of experience under my belt mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. she doesn't. Right. <laughs> but because I am more than fitness fat i am for a lot of people downright chubby Mm -hmm. and she's walking around lean she becomes the authority right and if that's the dynamic that's going on in the fitness space i can think of the girls that we see on our page the girls we often repost the girls who post to us the girls who dm us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't look like what people want fit to look like Right. And I think that's, you bring up a very important point, what they want it to look like, what they're forcing it to look like. Right. Um, and I think, you know, again, you know, that's, that's definitely, you know, kind of one of the, I think the pitfalls slash downfalls of social media nowadays, because, you know, people can, can give you a very sort of curated version of not only their lives, but also, you know, just again, sort of what the, what the norm and the standard is, right? You know, you look at a lot of these brands and they give you a very curated version of who wears their clothes, you know, who's in the gym in their clothes, you know? And it's like, if that's all you see, you know, you're not necessarily gonna be able to envision yourself in that same space. I mean, there are definitely, you know, sort of clothing, you know, fitness clothing folks that, you know, A, you know, I've kind of pulled their coattails and said, yo, you know, 
you need to diversify your advertising, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Because if you, if I'm going to be giving you my coins, I want to see myself reflected in that. You know, some of them listened, some of them didn't, you know, and, and the ones who didn't, I mean, if I, you know, just really like love their stuff, I may wear it, but you sure in hell ain't getting a shout out for me. Right. I'm certainly exactly. not going to, you know, tell my friends or whatever, because I don't see myself represented in you, you and know, you're and I'm not I interested think, in representing me. Right. Exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and I've just become a lot more conscientious in terms of where I spend my money, in terms of, you know, looking at that and seeing where am I represented? Like, I don't buy a whole lot of sort of big name brands anymore. I don't buy a whole lot of Nike, you know, they're because I mean, they're just now starting to be a little bit more reflective of kind of, you know, diversity and things like that. But, you know, as a general rule, I don't, you know, I don't spend a lot of money there or, or, you know, some other, you know, sort of large name Canadian (laughs) manufacturers of yoga clothes uh, for that very same reason. You know, I do every once in a while. And I have a lot of stuff from, you know, many, many years ago um, because the quality was great. I'm not going to deny that. But again, I've just become a lot more cognizant of that, you know, and I, like I said, I don't know, you know, it's almost like the chicken or the egg, you know, is it that, you know, show us the market and they will come or, you know, have them at the table and then build the market, you know, and I don't know, you know, and this, I think will lend itself well to a future conversation with, you know, some of these folks that we do consider to be sort of, you know, front runners or experts, you know, black women in, in the fitness world and asking them like, hey, you know, what is this about? And and what are some things that we can do to change that? You know, and I think that's something else too to, you know, kind of touch upon because I don't want to, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like we're just sitting here with, you know, doing this big lemon squeeze, like everything sucks and <laughs> all these complaints. You know, I'm 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 certainly open to thinking about solutions and looking at solutions. You know, and I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means you know, like you I did with they my will come. <laughs> right. You know, like I did with my friend. Like, yo, did you even bother to think about this? You know, is it is it that tapping you know some of these things on the shoulder and saying, hey, how come this panel looks like this? You know, were you not aware that there are other options out there? I don't know, you know, does it mean that? Does it mean, you know, continuing to do what we do and, and bringing more visibility to, you know, the, the women that are out here doing badass shit, you know, in, in these different spaces? I don't really, like I said, I don't know the answer to the question, frankly. Um, you know, I, I, I do know, like I said, it's it's it can be frustrating, you know, from and like I said, for me, you know, I'm I'm fairly self-driven and, you know, I'm fairly comfortable in, you know, different spaces and, and, and able to go in and extract what I need from it and going about my business. But that's me. You know, what about that person who isn't able to do that? You know, how can how can we reach them? You know, if they don't see us out there, you know, you don't know what you don't know, you know? So, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what the answer is. Right. There, I don't think there's a clear cut answer. And I think there is a certain amount of 
curiosity and confusion at the same time about mm-hmm. both. I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of women out there, women of color, all kinds of colors, but especially mm-hmm. black women right. who really do want to be part of these conversations and be in these spaces. But none of us want to be in that space alone. I don't right. think most of us are willing to, and I'm saying this as someone who spent my entire life being in that space alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as in, mm-hmm. I graduated from high school and there was only me and one other black girl. This is what I do. <laughs> right. But it's in the same thing as, as a grown woman going into a space where I already know these people don't think about me as an expert. Right. I'm not an expert. I'm not right. saying I'm an expert, but as someone who's invested in an, in, in an industry to some extent or another for one reason or another, mm-hmm. I have no desire to show up to something and be condescended to or put to the side or treated less than. Right. Because I'm past that point in my life. I'm not exactly. in a point where I'm inserting myself and I'm thinking, I wonder sometimes if that's what we're all doing is mm-hmm. that we all sit around together and we talk to each other and we have our spaces and because we you get to a point where you realize, okay, we're not invited to that space over there. Right. And once you realize you're not invited, do you really want to go? Exactly. If I, like, there's one conference, again, we're not naming names in this piece, but it mm-hmm. is probably one of the better known women's fitness conferences. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the first ads for it and, mm-hmm. and being like, that sounds like it'd be a really good experience. And I thought about going, and then I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the pictures, and I said, "You know what? I'm really glad I didn't." Go. I'm glad I didn't, <laughs> because I'd have spent the whole weekend having to kind of negotiate in this space where I'm not saying that people would have been mean. I'm not saying I wouldn't have right. been made to feel welcome, but where I would have consciously all the time been like, "Ugh, I'm the only black person in this room." Right. Sometimes. As much as that is my life and my existence and has been my life since I was a small, small, small child, thanks to my parents raising me where they did. Right. I don't always want to insert myself into that. It's one thing if I show up there and it's like, surprise, you're the only black yeah. person in the room. It's an entirely different thing. It's just, it's tiring. To put myself there. I mean, it's exhausting. You know, we spend 99.9% of our lives navigating a majority, you know, white space. And that's fine. You know, a lot of times it could be work, it could be where you live, it could be, you know, where your kids go to school, whatever. But there is just something comforting about walking into a space and looking around and knowing that you have sort of this commonality with the other folks that are in there. Like I said, you know, they give you that look like, yo, sis, I got you, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's one thing to to have to do that sort of involuntarily. Like I said, you have to go to work to pay your bills. You have to, you know, make sure your your kids are, you know, educated. You have to, you know, sort of live where you live. But then when you have those opportunities to spend your time voluntarily or spend your time, you know, how you want to spend it, it's really nice not to have that same feeling. It's really nice to just kind of be able to walk into a space and (sighs) excel, if you Mm -hmm. will, you know, and I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that other people get that. I guess they they probably wouldn't if they didn't experience that on a daily basis, Um, you know, but. I don't, I'm not going to apologize for wanting that. 
you know, it's, I'm not going to, you know, say that that makes me wrong or that makes me this or that makes me that. That's that's what I want, you know, and that's I mean, that's really one of the main reasons why, you know, I I wanted to, you know, create this space for us because I wanted us to have that place where we could just come in and exhale. And, you know, it's really funny. Um, one, you know, one of the posts that we had on our Instagram page was about, you know, stuff that it was like a Jeopardy like post. It was like stuff that will get you a whooping in a black mm-hmm. household. Right. And everybody was able to chime into that. And that's not to say that those same things wouldn't get you a whooping in a white household or a Latina household or Asian household, you know, whatever. But it was just really a fun exercise because that was that commonality amongst so many of us whether you know we grew up poor we grew up rich or you know we grew up in a white neighborhood or we grew up in a black neighborhood there were just those certain common experiences right and you know those are the kind of things i think that um you know that enrich our lives and that Mm -hmm. make us you know give us that ability to stretch ourselves you know, and, and, and move into different spaces. And sometimes it's the littlest things. And I will say, I know you know this happened. I know our listeners don't know what happened and they didn't see it. And I kind of made a point not to let it get beyond where it was. And it. so the guys at the gym where I currently train, um, mm-hmm. they reposted one of the posts from my personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I use, you know me, I use all the hashtags ever for black girls because I want us to find each other, whether it's through our page or whether it's through my page, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And of course, within minutes of them posting it, somebody pops up and says, well, why are you, if you're so interested in strength training, why are you, you know, why are you black before you're anything else? You only used four. And I'm, first of all, shout out to that guy for being neurotic enough to count my freaking hashtags, man. Cause I don't even know how many I use, but he made sure I knew that I used like six general lifting hashtags for mm-hmm. women and then mm-hmm. like 12 for black women. Right. And I read him for filth and made him look really stupid because I had a genuine reason for doing it. Right. But at the same time, that's why (laughs) we have these conversations, because at the end of the day, there are just things that we don't see growing up. I did not get to see women's strength training growing up. There are women who still to this day, I I see it in the South all the time, who refuse to go into a gym and get dirty and lift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Because... It's not ladylike. They're, right. They weren't raised that way. I want to, I try to make myself as visible as possible because I know I'm different. I know right. I'm not your average black chick living in the South. Mm-hmm. I also know, and I was contemplating this this morning, and this is a whole other episode. I know part of the reason that I am forever alone is because I am so different from what mainstream looks like down here. We're not walking around with spiky hair, covered in chalk, dirty, and lifting weights down here. That's not what Southern life is about. That's not what we do here. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get you a significant other down here. Right, 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 right. And at the end of the day, that's why I make myself so visible. And it is black women I care about because they're the ones who will look at me and be like, yo, what she's doing is really cool. Yep. (laughs) There are a million white women who are lifting. Mm-hmm. There are millions of them. That's who got me here was because my friends were all white at the time and that's right. what they were doing. And right. so I had tons of exposure to white women. But at the end of the day, I know now 
we need to see black women too. Yep. And so, yes, I do. I do put that out there. I do yep. make sure that that's visible. I do do it to an annoying extent, and I kind of don't care. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, and I am unapologetic about that. I kind of don't care. Unapologetic. And, and it's so funny because I think the guys from my gym, and I don't know if it was, I don't know which of the coaches there it was. So mm-hmm. who took it back, Who you know, who just kind of deleted the guy's post. Right. And I thank them for doing that because I know why they did it. Mm-hmm. Because they felt like it was an offensive, you know, yep. racist ass question. And shout out to those guys for doing that. I love the guys at the rack for doing that and seeing that for what it is. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of men, and just for full disclosure, because I've referred to them and I tag them all the time. Yeah, the coaches at the rack, the guys, yeah, they're white guys. But mm-hmm. they are some of the best white guys I know. And mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. could have easily, from a white guy perspective, been like, I don't know what's wrong with that question and left it there. Right. Right. But they deleted it. They and, get it. And they get it. Mm-hmm. And it is important because at the end of the day, we're still not walking in those gym doors. And I sometimes think that is why they don't put us at the table because we're not, it's very rare to have what you have at your CrossFit. Where exactly. Oh, you I know. see that diversity. I know. The CrossFit's closest to my house right now. None of them have a particularly diverse, there, you might see two black people in the mm-hmm. picture. You might mm-hmm. see a Latina and two black girls or, you know, an Asian guy, a black woman, <laughs> you know, right. but right. there is not, you have to go way into a black, deep into a black yeah. neighborhood here. I mean, and you know, again, this is, this is something for another podcast, but you know, I think a lot of, you know, why you, aside from why you don't see us at the table, you know, a lot of why you don't necessarily see us participating is a lot of these things are cost prohibitive, uh-huh. right? CrossFit <laughs> is expensive as yep. shit. Yep. I mean, I don't care, you know, if you are in Dallas, if you are in Oakland, if you are in LA, if you are in DC or Boston, it is hella expensive to mm-hmm. do CrossFit, you know, across the board. So that's going to be cost prohibitive for a lot of folks, not even necessarily just people of color, but you know, it's definitely going to be cost prohibitive for that. And not only that, in terms of locale, you are not going to see a lot of CrossFit boxes in the hood. Like you're just not, you know, so you put those things together and then you don't see people that look like you, why on earth would you ever give that a shot? Same thing with Bikram, you know, Bikram is not cheap, you know, same thing with, you know, powerlifting to the extent that, you know, a lot of specialty powerlifting gyms aren't necessarily cheap. A lot of them are housed inside CrossFit. So there you go. Right. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, again, you know, you're not necessarily going to, you know, it's funny. I know we were talking earlier, you know, you know, one of the things that I attribute that to is is the hierarchy of needs. I can't remember mm-hmm. the the psychologist sort of came Maslow, up with this, but Maslow, Mas- yeah, something like that. But you know, the, the basic gist of it is, if you don't have your basic needs met, all of this stuff is is irrelevant. You know, if you're trying to put food on the table, you know, if you're trying to you know, keep your kid, keep a roof over your kid's house. The last thing you are thinking about is some damn CrossFit. Exactly. You know, the last thing you're thinking about is, you know, going to Bikram or, you know, joining a powerlifting gym. So I think, you know, that has a lot to do with it too, in terms of accessibility. Like, yeah, we bring these people to the table, you know, and so that visibility is there, but then what's the next step? You know, how do we right. get, how do we get those them in the people gyms and in- into those gyms, you know? And, and I think, 
it's interesting, you know, I've been kind of paying attention to, you know, a lot of what um, Elizabeth Akinwale has been talking about in terms of, you know, sort of that that specific component of fitness, you know, and bringing fitness to our communities, you know, and, and, and having that exposure. So, you know, that's all like, again, that's a whole other, you know, layer to this. So again, it's, it's, it's the chicken or the egg, you know, do we introduce the masses or do we bring those leaders from our communities to the forefront Mm-hmm. so that the masses will know about them and, 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 you know, that will garner more interest in, in those sports or those activities in general. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. I and don't I know. think I've seen, I know there are a fair number of the women who follow our Instagram, who follow mine and vice versa. And I noticed that we do, we, I see a lot of women who, I don't know what their personal life jobs are. I don't know. We don't right. all post about work, but I do mm-hmm. know we have a lot of women who are single mothers. Yep. I was raised by a single mother, even yep. in the best of situations. My mom was educated and never, I don't know that my mom was ever without a job in my childhood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and made plenty. We, we, I don't know that we ever wanted for anything as right. far as I'm concerned. But at the end of the day, if you said to her, okay, these uniforms are going to cost $600 for the school year. And gym A over here where you can just go walk on a treadmill and lift some lightweight dumbbells is $20 a month. Right. And, and this other gym over here is $200 a month. Guess where she's going? Exactly. And we weren't poor. We were not right. poor. But it's mm-hmm. when you have a child to take care of, yeah. and especially if you're a single mother or a single father, children have emergencies. Right. <laughs> children have emergencies. They Children need things. That's, yeah. I, that's, that's part of why I tell people, part of the reason I live the way I do is because I don't have kids. I can afford right. to do really dumb shit. I can't. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the only thing that's going to go wrong is one of my dogs is going to, you know, eat an entire bag of chocolate chips like she did. And it's an $800 vegetable. Right. Whatever. Right. But I don't have a child, a human being whose life I am responsible for other than right. my own. And right. if we have all these women who are... And men, for that matter, because I know quite a few single fathers. I see a lot of them on my on my feed as well. Where your child support money, your alimony, whatever, is what's paying bills or helping keep food on the table. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you're not necessarily going to show up to the expensive gym that would put you at the table. You might be hanging out at LA Fitness. Right. That's what it was for me until I got to a certain point in my salary where I felt like, okay. I can go to this gym and yeah, I can pay this man $70 a month or $60 or $80 mm-hmm, a month mm-hmm. to be in this gym. Right. But when I was 25, <laughs> no, <Yeah. Yep. laughs> no, no. <laughs> and so there are lots of things that play into this is that, and I'm not assuming that every white person is rich or well right. off, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I know what the group and the demographic looks like that I see on my Instagram feed and through our right. Instagram and through our, our podcast Instagram. A lot of these people, they're, they they might go to CrossFit for one month and then it's like, you know what, fuck it. My bills are too much this month to do this, so I'll right. be back next month. Right. And right. if that is what's preventing us from being at the table, I think that's a miss, that's, that's a missed opportunity, to be perfectly Absolutely. honest, because that's something that needs to be discussed. The fact that I know places in not too far from where I live where CrossFit is $225 a month. Girl, I'm not even going to tell you how much I pay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that for Georgia is expensive. If I move north, I know that's ridiculous. That's like, that costs nothing. And I know how much it costs in New York because I've looked at those gyms. And again, Mm -hmm. 
if we're talking about Georgia, one of the more affordable places to live. <laughs> right, right. That's a conversation that needs to be had. You're charging yeah. $225 for something that's supposed to get people fit. But mm-hmm, if they can't mm-hmm. afford that two twenty five because it all just matches with whatever the cost of living is wherever yeah. you are, I have friends in New York who pay four hundred, five hundred dollars for CrossFit. Right. So you, it, that's a conversation worth having. Those that is when you need to bring people to the table. Do there need to be, you know, CrossFit scholarships? Do there need to be right better payment plans? Do there need to be, you know, what's out there? Right. And here's the thing. Here's the other thing, too, that I I always find so fascinating, um, like in a frustrating sort of way. So when, you know, some folks sort of, I guess, have the presence of mind to have those conversations about making, you know, fitness more inclusive or, you know, looking at those issues, there's never a person of color involved in the conversation. And I'm like, wait, what? How are you talking about what? And but you don't actually what? What? Right. You know. So that's obvious. You know, that's a whole other component to it too. And again, it's like you know. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's just you know, sort of that having that that privilege of not having to think about these things or, you know, sort of feeling like, oh, well, I can speak to this without involving involving people in that specific, you know, space or community or whatever, you know, which is just completely crazy to me. You know, it's like sometimes I just have to shake my head. You know, mm-hmm. I just have to shake my head and be like, you know what? I don't have the energy for this right now. <laughs> I really don't. And then we you talk know, about it here. <laughs> and we talk about it here, you know. And again, this is the thing, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know necessarily what, you know, what our demographic looks like, you know, across the board. But, you know, a lot of the a lot of our listeners that are going to hear this, they're going to be like, boo, you preaching to the choir. Like, we already know this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I think that's part of the whole point too, is getting in front of those audiences and getting a seat at that table with those, you know, with those folks that, that need to hear this message, you know, and I, and I don't necessarily know how to, short of how to invading make that space, happen. I mean, yeah, at short of literally invading space or, or there's the alternative plan, which is the one that I often take is forcing people to understand that you exist. By creating your own thing and right. forcing them to take notice and, of it. And, but let's, and here's the thing. And, and, and let's not, you know, let's keep it 100. That's what we do here at the chocolate bar. Now, you know, this is the thing. When that happens and, and we say, you know what? Let's create this space for us to, to, to have this safe space. Inevitably, <laughs> there is going to be somebody Mm-hmm. Who is going to cry those tears? Yep. I don't need to say what tears. Yep. About why we're not being inclusive and why this is racist and why we need to, you know, include X, Y, and Z. And it's like, but wait a minute, we're doing this because that hand was never extended to us. So now that we've decided to, you know, kind of look at this space and create this space for ourselves. Now you want us to be inclusive, but y'all aren't inclusive? Girl, goodbye. 
And those are, that's exactly what happens. It's just like that guy who posted on my postal, why are you using all the black girl hashtags? Because we need to be able to find each other just like female lifters, just like I tag female lifters. Why? Because women as lifters still aren't as unified as we could be all the time. Things are changing. But I still always want new female lifter friends. Right. I still want black female lifter friends. Oh, yeah. I'm bringing everybody into the freaking fold, whether you like it or not. But (laughs) when it comes to developing a space, okay, fine. If we're not invited, then what else, what other choice do we really have? Exactly. It's like you cannot win for losing, you know? And I think, again, you know, sometimes people misinterpret out, you know, a lot of black women's desire to create a space where we feel comfortable, you know, and, and, and create a space where, you know, there's sort of that level of understanding, like, you know, we're doing that to say that we don't want to be involved with this other space or, you know, we hate this other, it's not even about that at all. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of like the whole black lives matter thing that we're not saying other lives don't matter. We're not saying if we celebrate who we are as black people, that's not saying that we hate other people. It's just, we're celebrating who we are and, 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 you know, sort of, you know, what we're about. So it's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such an interesting space to navigate nowadays and I like I said I don't know you know what the answer is I don't know sort of what the solution is other than to bring these issues and bring these you know conversations to the forefront well it's you know I explained it to someone I had a friend who did get kind of offended by the whole chocolate bar thing she didn't understand why it was necessary and I said to her okay really think about she could because she really didn't understand she felt like well you have lots of white friends why would you do this that was really mm. what it came down to like you socialize with 90 percent white and asian people i sure do that's because that's who i grew up with and that's who I, who I went to school with right and, and depending on who i'm who i'm with at any given point i still have black friends it's not like i i'm like oh i don't hang out with black people right. when i said to her i said okay let's take this out of context let's take it away from lifting and who does lift and who doesn't let's talk about online dating and i said you know how there are those sites like black people meet or what have you. And I said, do you find those offensive? She said, no. I said, okay, well, do you know why there's a black people meet? Mm-hmm. And she said, no. I said, well, have you ever read the studies and the, the data that came out from OkCupid that basically say that everyone finds black women the least attractive and we are the least likely to get any kind of play from online dating, especially full you know spectrum white green blue purple online dating i said when you're a black woman and you're in that space and you know consciously that people are the least likely to reply to you the least likely to message you the least likely to find you attractive the least like there's this mm-hmm, long list mm-hmm. of least likelies too that right. okay cupid found for black women i said would you really want to sign up on a website right full of people who don't like you no. So where do you go? You go to some place where the name explicitly tells you black people right. <laughs> meet. Right. Just like this I have friends, just like I have friends who prefer to date interracially, who went and found some interracial dating website because that's where they wanted to be. Right. It is no different than that. It is not that we hate match.com or the lifting equivalent of match.com. Mm-hmm. It is that when you feel like you're not where you're actively being rejected on one side right 
you find some place where you fit, whether that means mm-hmm. you create it yourself or you walk down the street or click over to another tab on your browser mm-hmm. <laughs> and you choose actively right. to do something different. I am not, I don't believe in living passively. Mm-hmm. And to me, sitting around waiting for people to invite me to a table right. is a little too passive. <laughs> Just right. a little bit. Well, I mean, look at our history. You know what I'm saying? Like I said before, that this is what we do because, you know, it, it, it's funny, you know, in, in this, and I'm not even going to get into the whole political thing, but, you know, one of the things that really chapped my hide i mean and this is one of a gazillion you know with with sort of where we are politically in this new administration was you know the new sort of secretary of education and talking about how you know historically black colleges and universities were you know so was was like school choice and it was so you know groundbreaking and i'm like oh (laughs) that happened because we weren't allowed to go to other universities it wasn't like we were just like, oh, for the hell of it, shits and giggles, let's make an HBCU. We had no choice, you know? Same thing with, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but, you know, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. That wasn't just because, you know, our 22 founders were like, well, hey, let's just make a sorority. <laughs> it was because we were not allowed to join the other sororities and or fraternities that existed at the time. And to so, this day, we're still not in a lot of places, but we exactly. can talk about that today. So, it, girl, that's a whole nother story. But so, you know, it. this is something that was, a lot of these things were born out of necessity, you know, not because we were being exclusionary or we were wanting to exclude ourselves. It was because we had no choice, you know, and I don't know that a lot of people necessarily understand that, you know, and and, and, and I'll admit, you know, that can be pretty frustrating at times. It's like, well, what choice are we being given if we're not allowed to have a seat at this table but then we make our own table and people want to get pissed about that. Like, wh- I don't, I mean, wh- what do you want us to do? Sit down and be quiet. Oh, sit down <laughs> and be quiet. You yeah, know, so it's just, oh, <laughs> girl. So it's just, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting to, you know, watch that dynamic at play. And, that, and again, that's not to say that, you know, I haven't, you know, run across folks that have been incredibly supportive of what we're trying to do, you know, um, incredibly supportive of bringing more diversity to, you know, these spaces and fitness and other things. But I think until folks are willing to get uncomfortable with the way that things are, it's not probably not going to change much. You know, because if you're not, if you're not willing to acknowledge that this is an issue, then how are you going to be able to change it? You know what I'm saying? And again, you know, I, it's funny, it it hasn't quite happened yet, but I am, I am waiting for that, you know, DM for that comment about why we are doing what we do and how it's racist or how it's this or how it's that, right? Um, and, and I haven't quite decided how I'm going to handle that. Am I going to be petty? <laughs> am, am, am I going to go out of my way to educate? Because here's my thing, you know, and, and, and this is something I feel very strongly about. Like, 
when I come across someone who is genuinely interested in in trying to understand sort of my perspective and where I'm coming from, um, you know, I, I'm going to say to that person, I've done this before. It's not my job to educate you because the information exists. I can point you in the right direction. I can give you some resources, but it is not my job to teach you how to not be racist. Right. <laughs> um, I ain't doing that. So, you know, when when that happens, um, you know, and we do get that DM or that message or that comment and it's inevitable. You know, I I, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to respond, but I do know this. I know that, you know, we welcome whoever finds you know some commonality or whoever resonates with what we talk about i don't care what color you are we welcome you we welcome you into this space but please understand and please believe that this space is created for women of color in particular black women and i do not plan at any point on moving from that if that means that I'm not as profitable, we're not as profitable as we could be. We don't have the exposure <laughs> we're not that we could any have money right now, anyway. So then, so be it. We're cool. But please understand, this space is going to has been and will remain blackity black 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 as fuck. <laughs> if you want to come along for that ride and that journey, I welcome wow. you. I really do. But you know, if you think at some point that you were going to sway me from that. It ain't gonna happen. So, just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's you know, worth, it's it's worth knowing. And you know me, my tactic with husband, uh, like with that guy who decided he wanted to th- word vomit all over <laughs> that right. picture or one video. Right. Um, I'm one who leans toward education. I'm not going to yep. fix your racism. I'm not. Right. I can't do that. I literally can't do that. No. I, I'm not a fairy princess with a wand. As much as I wish I had one, because I'd be in the mansion right now. Girl. Um, but, and I'd have people to clean snacks. it. And snacks. And mm-hmm. food. And yeah. But I don't have that. So, right. therefore, I'm babysitting ducks in mm-hmm. my apartment mm-hmm. complex. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> But I lean toward educating to the best of my ability only because I don't like to give people room to say that they weren't given the knowledge. If you walk away from me, if you've asked me a question, it's a genuine question, you're not just being a racist bastard. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. If if you're asking a question that might have a racist bent to it, but I think you genuinely want to know, you're not playing stupid racist games with me to bait me right i right. will educate you why because i don't want you walking up to some other black person mm-hmm, and saying mm-hmm. some dumb shit to them right <laughs> and right. they might not be like me you right. might just get punched in the mouth okay <laughs> listen me, i grew up having to educate people i grew mm-hmm. up in a in an area where if you know where I've, I've had the situation where my mom and i walked into a situation and someone thought she was the maid Right. And she very quickly had to educate someone on, no, 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 no. Right. No, I'm I'm not the secretary. I'm not the maid. I'm not anybody's assistant. Right. This is my business. Right. So I don't mind educating people, but understand that at the end of the day, this is what it is. We created it to be what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not bending. We're not flexing. We're not... (laughs) No. We're not gonna, you know, adjust. Nope. Nope. That's what your chiropractor is for. Let them adjust you. 
I'm not here for that. Bree's not here for that. So hello. I'm all for conversation. I'm all for dialogue. I will likely educate you. If you have questions, if you if you hear us say something about hair, butts, bodies, lifestyles, right. cultures that you don't understand, I am likely the one that will answer you. And yeah, try so to if you, you come at me, I'm a direct Bree is going to send you to me. <laughs> I am old and I am tired and I do not have the bandwidth. So, so. I'm just letting you know now. I'm going to slide you on over to D because she's younger and a little bit more spry and, you know, not as in her ways. But you come at me. Mm, you, but mm. understand that just because I'm open to educating does not mean that you can come sideways. Right. Right. You exactly. can't come at me sideways, you can't come at me racist, and you can't come at me sexist. Because for all of those things, I will make you feel like the size of an ant. So, exactly. we can have dialogue. I am open to dialogue. I'm open to questions. Right. And I think in this particular this particular episode is going to probably lead to some of that. Yep. Um, yep. In this case, holler at us. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. For sure. If it's crazy, Brie will probably send you to me. Yep. <laughs> And if I think you're crazy, you'll just get blocked. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But if you actually are asking genuine questions that I think I can answer or send you to a resource that will answer it for you, I will do that. Absolutely. But understand, racist, sexist, ignorant, no. Nah, we don't we don't really play no. that here. So we don't play that here. We haven't really had to put this out here for other episodes. Um, right. and to to and the last thing I want to say about this, and I'm saying it for a reason, and Bree knows what the reason is. If you are listening to this and you are somebody who is at the table and you feel called out, feel called out. Live in Listen, it. let Live me tell it. you about Because you my feel called out for a reason. Let me tell you about my favorite phrase. This is from my grandmama and my mama. Hit dogs, holler. Yep. So if you feel some kind of way, then... Take that opportunity to be introspective and say, you know what? Why am I, why is this getting me in my feelings? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really important. I do the same thing. You know, you really need to, to kind of look inward and, and, and before you get defensive and not all white people us or, you know, not all men or whatever, you know, think about why this is resonating or why something resonated with you so much and and what that means to you right um i think we should all do that so mm-hmm. you know yeah that's the other thing too you know hit hit dogs gonna holler yep if you feel it and you're mad because you feel like you've been called out live in it for a little bit then right. holler at us live in it then holler at us because yep. once you've lived in it you've probably actually thought your way from point a to point z yeah as to why you feel that way yeah, but we are not calling anyone out. We are calling out the fact that we are missing in action, and yep. we are not the only ones who see it. There, are this, <laughs> like we said, this came from, and I've heard it outside of the two people who put it out there in our circle of right. of Instagram people. I've heard it before. So yep. this is not about two people suggesting this. This is not about yeah. D being on are you know pounding and screaming about something we're not on one we don't you know it's not that it's that it's something that many of us out here have noticed and here's the thing you know this is also a call to action yes for you know our our targeted demographic this is a call to action for our sisters like if if you want to see more of this and you want to see more of us at the table you need to start demanding it too right or kick the door and create a table listen 
you <laughs> need to start, re, you know, tapping these, you know, sort of mainstream organizations or, you know, fitness, comp whatever, and say, yo, you know, I'm spending my coins with you. You need to be more reflective of what your demographic is, because here's the thing at the end of the day, you know, we can kvetch and we can bitch and we can moan, but what speaks volumes is, is money and coins. And if you go to some of these entities and say, I am about to take my coin somewhere else, they won't have a choice but to sit up and listen. So, you know, I, I put that onus not only on sort of the majority that's out there, but also on our target target audience that is not being heard and is not being represented you know we collectively have to call these organizations and companies to task right and, so and bring it out there call them yep. out call them out I mean, it's fine to create our own. And, and you know, like I said, I'm, I, 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 I am blessed with the opportunity. We've been blessed with the opportunity to do that. But if you want a seat at the table at this other table, you got to be like, yo, sometimes you got to flip the table over. Mm hmm. Like that and, girl from and, um, Real Housewives of New Jersey, just take a page okay. of the book and just flip the mug out. Just that's, flip it over. That's at, that is going to go down in history. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes we got to flip the table over too. So, you know, don't forget that and don't think that your voice doesn't matter. You know, you have the ability to speak up. You have the ability to make your voice heard. So I encourage you, you know, to do that as well. So, girl, I mean, I think have we, we covered. I think, I think we've covered it from A to Z. Girl, <laughs> we made it in I under feel, two hours. Go I team. feel like I have had a therapy session. Amen. I mean, so you know, once again, if you you know, shout out to command with Commando Core Fitness. Yes. Is that what I said? Shout out to giving us you know, kind of the 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 you know, sort of. Um, to do this episode, you know, thank you again. I am, you know, I am Chrissy, um, King for, you know, writing such an introspective article. And, and this is something else too, you know, part of making ourselves more visible is lifting each other up. You know, again, I, you know, I've, I've definitely kind of had folks be like, well, why would you shout out this? They're your competition, whatever. Yo, if we are if we are, if we have the same goal and the same mission, sis, I'm a, you know, I'm a lift you up. I'm a shout mm -hmm. you out. I'm a, I'm a pub you up. So go to her website. You know, there are so many other, you know, you know, there are black women that are doing things in fist fitness. You know, if you look at our Instagram page, Massey Arias, you know, if you look at obviously Elizabeth Akinwale or Kimberly Walford or Jenny Arthur, or, you know, Kara Head Slaughter, there are, there are women um, you know, that are out there doing these things. So make sure that you support them and show them love, you know, because so they can keep doing these things. And we are stronger together, I think is, is, you know, kind of the moral to that story. We are stronger together. So I will, you know, if I have the opportunity to showcase and, and, and uplift a sister, I will, we will always do that. And again, if there are folks out there that we don't know about, we Hit us up know. and let us know. You know, tag us in something. 
tag us and let us know. Also, I want to give a special shout out to Roz the Diva. I was so excited to see that she had found our page and that she's getting into um, powerlifting. So y'all, you know, she is a you know, pole dance instructor extraordinaire. So, you know, check out her page, give her a shout too. But, you know, hey man, it's all love. We're, we're, we're here to, to lift each other up and be stronger together. So with that you know being said. We, no, you know who else we have to oh. say is send real big shout outs to? Kim Walford and that gold medal. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, she did the damn thing. I mean, every time I see her, lift i just i mean i you would think that like she was a relative of mine i just get so excited yeah you know and again that just goes to show that we're out there doing the thing it's just about you know pulling that cover back and getting them the exposure that they so richly deserve so and if you haven't seen her yet check out sherry miles and i'm forgetting the other girl's name there is another black girl lifter but she's sherry miles is She's girl. She's a lifter and a pole, and a pole dancer. dancer. So please yes. follow her. Love yes. her. She's amazing. And let's not forget our two Dutch sisters, Iliasis. Yes. I think that's how you say it. And inspired. They are fucking amazing. They are black women that are doing the damn thing in powerlifting. Adrian, who girl, she is hilarious. hilarious. I mean, it, there's just so many, there's, there's too many, so names. many of us, there's too many names. And then, and you know, we won't even get into the whole, you know, sort of bodybuilding spectrum too. We'll Susan holler at y'all Smith. another day. Yes. <laughs> we'll get we, all of you guys. We we'll have to we'll get do everybody. an episode about that. But, um, yeah, you know, again, if you have comments, if you want to leave us, um, you know, a rating, if you want to leave us some comments on iTunes or SoundCloud, please do. So let us know what else you want to hear from us about. Um, you know, Hey man, I mean, we will see you next time at the chocolate bar, our lives, our strength, our time, and we out. We out.